If you told a content marketer a year ago that a new tool would radically change how they do their jobs, they would have been highly skeptical. If you had told them this tool would make it easy and quick to create content at scale, they would have thought you were crazy. But this is the new world of content marketing with chat, GPT, and AI. It's exciting, terrifying, disruptive, and unpredictable. Many content marketers, and marketers for that matter, are starting to have questions and concerns about their jobs and what it will take to stay relevant in the future. Now, an interesting angle to the chat GPT narrative is how AI has started to impact content marketing. But truth be told, long before chat GPT's arrival, many tools had embraced AI, but I suspect marketers probably didn't think much about it. Now, one of the highest profile tools is Grammarly, which uses machine learning and natural language processing to improve grammar and spelling. Another tool, and one that I've used enthusiastically for more than a year, is WordTune, a writing assistant that rephrases sentences, fixes mistakes, and changes your writing tone. As a content creator, WordTune has become an indispensable tool. It's like having a super smart assistant able and willing to provide a different take on my writing. On the podcast today, I'm excited to have Ben Pines, Director of Content at WordTune and AI21 Labs, an artificial intelligence research and development company that launched WordTune in 2020. Welcome to Marketing Spark, Ben. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start by having you provide background on AI21 and WordTune? From what I understand, AI21 is kind of like OpenAI. I'm interested in learning more about the company and you know what its approach is strategically and tactically to launching new businesses like Wartoon. Yeah, great. So AI21 Labs, uh, it's one of the leading companies right now in the development of advanced large language models, uh, which makes all this technology of general, generative AI accessible to businesses around the world. And our product is uh, Wartoon. Um, and we're actually one, also a, a unique company wherein we develop our own language models and also develop the product. And this gives us sort of a virtuous uh, cycle of insights into improving the product and improving the models. Uh, so now we have millions of monthly active users uh, on Wordtune and hundreds of thousands of uh, paying users. Uh, and it's been amazing uh, before and 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 now with the explosion of of the awareness to these tools it's been even uh, more exciting i'm not sure how i discovered wordtune i do a lot of get a lot of newsletters do a lot of reading someone must have mentioned it along the way and i do find it i don't know if the word is ironic or interesting that before the world discovered chat gpt world wordtune was already leveraging AI to help writers create better content. Uh, how do, what's your perspective? I mean, it's almost like uh, you are way ahead of the pack and no one really realized it. Well, it's interesting because I discovered it. I, I started working uh, at Wordtune a, a bit over a, a year ago, and I discovered it uh, even before that. I actually discovered and, and fell in love with the, with the product myself. Um, and... The company is on a mission to change how people read and write and create content using AI. And the whole idea was to build a, a tool that will 
work alongside of uh, the person using it and not replace it. And it sounds like, I don't know, it kind of, it could sound like, a, I don't know, like a mission statement, marketing fluff, but it's really not because we're seeing the difference is in the nuance. And we're seeing a lot more people understand this big difference between having someone go to the tool and say, just write me a, a blog post about uh, X, which is how most, it's surprisingly, most tools work like this. Whereas uh, it's something else to develop the UI for a tool uh, that will assist, that will take the, the current psychology of how professional writers or any writer create uh, long form or short form content and see how AI can join and make it better and streamline these processes. What I find interesting as a writer is that, as you say, it's an assistant, it's a companion when I am writing blog posts or email copy. And that what I like about it, it it's, it's, this, it's this tool that works along with me and, and provides me with options on how to rephrase sentences or paragraphs. And I love the UI, I love the way that the look and feel, and it just seems like a natural way to do writing. It's a seamless part of my writing process. I am interested in your take on how WordTune has evolved or how you've positioned WordTune over the last seven months since ChatGPT emerged on the scene. What's it been like from a marketing and sales perspective in terms of trying to differentiate WordTune from ChatGPT, which has almost become this ubiquitous tool for, for content marketers? Well, I think when you have this lighthouse of understanding that the goal is basically to enhance current like current processes that, that writers uh, like to, to work with, then in the beginning, it was, WordTune was simply uh, rephrasing, paraphrasing, uh, you, you take your sentence and using AI, you offer other suggestions that you might have not, not have come up with, but you can browse through and it feels correctly. So that's a first layer we can improve, but the new layer is like content creation. So how can we think of um, the tool to actually create the content, but not, but still feel like you're the the author of what uh, you did. So, and we we had some interesting takes, I think, uh, as opposed to other uh, products, uh, some new things to to uh, to uh, introduce uh, to this industry. So, for example, zero prompting. So, a lot of writers I know, professional writers, don't like to think of prompts because when you're writing you're like in the flow and you're explaining think about your you're explaining how let's say you're writing about how to be persuasive and you're in it you're you're explaining like this is the key you, you to be persuasive you have to be assertive and then like, like let's stop what i'm thinking and let's write a prompt right like write me how being persuasive it's it's like a continuation of, of the flow so here if you're just without a prompt you're just saying, okay, based on what I've already written, just continue writing, which is built in into our UI. Um, you can actually uh, not interrupt that flow. Uh, and another way is just, okay, I can instead of writing a whole flow, uh, a whole uh, uh, elaborate um, prompt, I can if I can just phrase the prompt 
with three words. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the middle of a sentence and I'm just writing, expand on precision. Okay, I, I didn't, I, I, I stopped the thought process a bit, but I'm still in it. I didn't have to phrase it with these long, you see these long prompts of like 30, 40 words. My gosh, like writers, you expect writers to write these prompts, just three words and you generate a paragraph. And it's like, it's the, the uh, continuation of how AI can join the, the, the process without interrupting it. So this is a whole new category that we started uh, and we added recently, we only added it on January. That's where the spices menu was added and it gives you counter arguments and citations. Uh, and a lot of the things that uh, as uh, content creators, we we could use and and uh, we need and can save us from what one of the things that it saves you is from the back and forth google and uh, editor google editor you just stay and in the editing and uh you can get a lot of help uh with ideation with finding uh, some research uh, and so on so on all on the same page as a content creator and writer ChatGPT, I think this applies to many content marketers, ChatGPT is very seductive. The idea that you can use it to quickly and easily create content is so compelling and so appealing. The reality is that unless you're a prompt engineer or a prompt jockey is that ChatGPT spits out pretty generic content. I think we all agree on that. One of the things that I've experienced firsthand in creating content for clients is that I'll use ChatGPT, I'll apply some editing to it. You know, I've been a writer for more than 20 years, so I figure I'm a pretty good editor at this point in time, and then I'll give it to the client. And my experience is that by and large, they see right through it. They look at the copy and they may not know it's ChatGPT generated, but they look at the copy and there's something not right about it. There's just something, it, it may not flow naturally. It may seem, maybe it's just words being jammed together as opposed to the creative process happening in a very normal human-like way. And it's made me reconsider my use of ChatGPT. Not that I'm going to back away from it, but I recognize that I think I need to get a lot more sophisticated about how I use the tool and how I use other tools so that it's an assistant as opposed to the content creation machine that I would rely on. What's your take on this whole view that ChatGPT is a tool, not a replacement for writers? Yeah, certainly. Um, well, um, I think this technology has caused us to rethink what is content. Like, uh, you, you know, and I, I've been having this conversation with a lot of content creators and editors. It's like, uh, this technology came out and it's like, okay, some of what I'm doing is uh, still relevant and some is no longer relevant. And it made us think, wait, what is content creation? And it made us notice like, you know what? Some of the SEO content I've been creating, that kind of could have been created by a semi-smart robot that just looks at the internet and jumbles a few uh, key points. And, and this is, uh, interestingly, these are the articles I'm least proud of. These are probably not the articles I would put in my portfolio. 
So this could be seen as a good thing that, that this technology has brought. Like rethink what, uh, is, uh, what can't be reply, replaced. And if you look at the top writers in uh, our field, I'm talking about, you know, some of the names that I think mostly in the, I, I mean, every industry has their known writers, uh, you know, for content marketing. It's, uh, I don't know, uh, um, you know, um, Aaron Orendorf or, um, you know, uh, and Handley. Uh, so these writers, uh, if you look closely at their articles, you can see they're probably cannot like there's no way this can be uh, replaced by these tools um but now a lot more writers need to uh, leverage what they're writing at least somewhat closer to those thought leaders it's just a must because what is going to happen is the internet is going to get it's already happening by the way the internet is going to be full of SEO written articles written by uh, either a bad human writer or AI. And that reduces the need for such articles. It reduces the price people are willing to pay for such articles. And it makes readers a lot more skeptical when reading these articles. And Google will, of course, continue to, to improve uh, and change the algorithm. It's already doing it with some of the algorithms that take into account expertise. So basically, that's the general change that is going to happen. We need to think how we can leverage uh, our writing. So that's the good thing. And how AI is going to impact that is instead of just using AI to replace you, you're, you're going to need to use AI because you will be much more focused on finding interesting concepts, finding interesting ways to create content that, that gives value and AI is just going to be on the implementation stage. Okay, I have my angle for the article. I know the direction. I've outlined it. So if, if I just go to the outline, I can create a presentation that would wow viewers. Now AI can help me formulate it into a, a long, long form piece with examples, with citations and so on. Two thoughts. One is that the technologist in me believes that chat GPT five, six or seven will get a lot more, will get a lot better in terms of writing content that seems less generic, less robotic on the flip side. And I guess I'm asking you to drill down a little bit into the kind of content that humans need to focus on, because if you look at grunt work, you know, ad copy, email copy, copy for webinar landing pages, all the things, SEO copy, all the things that take time but don't require a lot of insight or creativity. I can totally see AI tools replacing that activity and allowing writers to focus on different types of projects. But the question is, the $64,000 question is, where do we shine as writers? What kind of content should we be creating and then I want to, to answer that question. And, the, and then the other side of it is, sure, we can create high-quality content, but how is it discovered in a world where there's so much content these days? There's a tsunami of content that is competing for our readers' attention. So why don't we focus on the type of writing that people like you and I should focus on? 
Okay, so first of all, I I recently uh, heard a podcast. Uh, Sam Harris interviewed someone who's like uh, who recently wrote a book about uh, about AI, and they they were talking about the same idea. And the the guy worked uh, on Microsoft and Google developing some of uh, this technology. So what he was saying was exactly what what I know. Which is these models, how they're built is they're basically prediction models, uh, these language models. So so there is a lacking of uh, understanding. There's still no uh, understanding, and that's why the, the content is vanilla. It's it's not saying that the, the GPT five and six aren't going to improve, but their way of reasoning and coming up with uh, novel ideas and and clear ways of of creating helpful content it's limitless and it's not certain how much they're going going to develop in that case i'm not sure how they're going to develop because there seems to be a limit with all this technology there seems to be a limit to the way they're understanding the real psychological issues and addressing them and if you think about uh, uh, books and articles that have changed either your life or your uh, you know your week there needs to be there's lacking uh, uh, there needs to be something more than generic content so i'm not sure if there is a threat here from ai i i really think so and i i i really think that there is like i i see this uh, technology as something uh, that's empowering humans so that's one level the limit of ai the second level is the limit of humans so if you think about it there's going to be People need mediation. Okay, so that it, it's like another way of saying what I previously said. So if you think about it, Google has g- gives you the ability to reach already for the past 20 years, reach amazing content. However, people still follow other people on TikTok, on Instagram, and we see generation uh, like Gen Z uh, using TikTok as a search engine and using uh, YouTube and 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 TikTok much more than uh, Google. Why is that? Because people prefer to, to follow people. We still need the mediation of a person. And it's definitely not AI. If, and if AI comes to the level where it can produce videos and audio and text uh, at the same level of a human, you still want, you still are going to look for the real human. You're still gonna look for the I don't know, the blue market that marks someone <laughs> as a human because you want to know someone actually, if you're looking for dating advice, you want to have someone who actually felt the frustration of being uh, you know, rejected on Tinder. You, you don't want to get purely uh, AI content and that's not going to change. So these are two levels where humans are going to win. And it's not to say that there's no risk for writers uh, and again, we mentioned it, that those SEO writers and technical writers that have already produced these mediocre uh, content. But for content creators who've been building their, their uh, following and people go to their site or their uh, profile directly to get their new video, that's just going to be even more important. Why? Because the more AI is there, the more that the medium level writers are going to turn to AI, the more need there will be for the, the type of content creators who don't 
use AI in the same manner, who use AI as an assistant, as an enhancement to them, those are going to be more unique. And if you go there uh, with the intention of being doing the work, doing the hard work, you're going to manage to be on top. It's a bit like being a photographer now. If you're a mediocre photographer, you're just going to use, I don't know, uh, like the, the your phone camera and that's it. But those those photographers who are diving deep into using cameras in the most sophisticated ways, those are the ones who are winning, you know, the competition and awards and are the ones who are outstanding. I think that hopefully you're on the right track and there is a role for creative writers like us, people who are craftsmen or craftspeople, um, as opposed to content produced by robots. The thing that I worry about is that there will be a awful lot of content being generated. There's going to be huge amounts of competition for eyeballs and that we're going to be, as readers, we're going to be overwhelmed by content. Even if you use a tool like Google and you have a sophisticated way of finding that, even if you're relying on people to curate content for you, as somebody who who is a content marketer and is trying to attract the attention to the content that you create, how do you think that content breaks out? It's one thing to take a piece of content and repurpose it and have it available in multiple places like a lot of these content gurus advocate. But the question is, how does content break through the noise? Because there's going to be an awful lot of noise. And my worry is that you'll have great content, but no one will ever see it. I totally agree. That's the, that's the, I think that's the million dollar question because distribution and reach is going to be different. It's just going to be different. Like uh, 20 years ago, you know, I've been in, in the SEO and content marketing field for like 15 years or, or more, something like that. For the last 20 years, this whole industry has evolved and it's amazing to see how it's evolved. You can search. Yeah. Searching Google wasn't an option 25 years ago. You needed, you needed to get specific information. You needed to go to the library and rummage through, you know, microfilm and, and books. And the internet has made... Uh, information so much more accessible and marketers rode on that and created used SEO to drive reach and distribution and this is going to change it's going to like it's going to morph into something different like how it's going to morph I don't exactly know because it, it's it's hard to know but people have been talking about the threat of Google you know Google has way before ChatGPT Google has started putting a lot more ads in it started putting zero uh, result, like result, uh, like rich snippets results on top of, like just showing their result without pointing to a website. And this was a threat, like it started being a threat, I think three or four years ago. And the CEO of Withia has been talking about it for a while. And the way you uh, uh, battle this, and in the same way you need to battle uh, the, the threat of AI in search results, is producing real followership. So if you, uh, and readership, if you produce a following uh, with your content, if you your content is not just answering a question, but it invokes like, hey, this person has something interesting to say. I'm, And this happens if you are able to consistently create content that drives like insights and, and is genuinely helpful for people, those people will follow you and will uh, register for your email uh, list. And then you're serving a specific niche. You're serving a specific audience. It's like the basics of marketing all over again. 
you're seeing uh, things that, that Seth Godin has been talking about for the past 10, 20 years, uh, creating a following in a certain niche, and then your following is your audience. And instead of reaching like a million people, you're maybe reaching a thousand people, but they are paying you. And this is stuff that SaaS companies can implement. It's also something that, you know, the one person business uh, content creator can uh, implement uh, for their own business. Not to go off on a tangent, but it is interesting that you mentioned Google and my experience over the last seven months with the emergence of ChatGPT is that my use of Google has gone down dramatically. I turn to ChatGPT to create lists, frameworks, tell me the best B2B SaaS company, pricing pages, because information is right there as opposed to having to scroll through search results. As someone who started your career in SEO, what's your take on AI-powered tools versus search engines? So I know that Bing and Google are now quickly scrambling to bring generative AI into their platforms. How do you view the world now that people are just relying on ChatGPT for search results? And how do, how do you think that's going to impact uh, the big search engines? Great question. So uh, this, let's look at this whole technology of generative AI as like the big box. But now as technology spreads, it's like a car. They're the big category of a car. And then it, it, it it divides into different categories, like you have the Jeeps and you have the minivans and uh, all those. And this is go what's going to happen with generative AI. So you have one of the bigger uh, chunks is going to be like the this answer engine. Uh, this is something Christopher Lockhead, who's a known marketer, is, is talking about. Like instead of search engine, there's going to be the answer engine. Mm -hmm. So, and this is definitely now is a chance for competitors uh, all over the world to create tools that are those answer engines that maybe will compete with Google. I don't know. Maybe maybe something will will come up. Maybe it'll be ChatGPT will be become a certain search engine. I don't know, but or answer engine. But uh, yeah, I, I've been using uh, Google also uh, less frequently. There are amazing tools for uh, for research, and uh, so it's certainly a threat. Uh, for Google and for for marketers, it could be uh, an opportunity. So, for example, if you notice the Bing results, that now gives you the answer, but also gives you uh, the citation, the sources. This is a, a good place. Like, how how do you rank there? How do you manage to rank there and and get your uh, answers there? Um, so, it's going to be a maybe a new methodology uh, that's going to be competitive with uh, SEO. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm excited about the whole idea of answer engines. I think that the more competitive options you have to Google and Bing, the better it will be for everybody overall, because competition is always a good thing. Turning our sights back to WordTune, given the number of tools being launched, and it seems like daily, there are new and exciting tools that appear on the marketplace. Two questions. What's your take on the AI-powered writing landscape? And what is WordTune's approach from a marketing and brand awareness perspective? You guys have been in market for for almost three years. You've got a head start in terms of, of a large installed base. Millions of people are using the application. Do you see it as noisy, crowded, overly competitive? And given that reality, how does WordTune 
stand above the crowd? How does it continue to establish itself as one of the leading AI-powered writing tools? Okay, so basically, once this technology came out, it's like all about the technology. Everyone is excited about this new engine. But basically, the engine is less interesting, I have to say, because there's a certain kind of... of um, the technology levels off. Every product uh, uses the same basic technology of large language model to produce the content. So it's go it's the competition, I think, veers from the excitement from this new technology because it's not novel anymore to, okay, I understand that all the products use basically the same technology. How is the interface? Think of all the SaaS companies that have won. A lot of it was because of a superior interface. I like to think of, uh, like Figma is a great example. Notion is a, is a good example. Like uh, there were tools before them that offered pretty much the same solution, but something about the UI and thinking about the, the end user and developing a very handy and useful tool. And uh, of course, adherence to a certain target audience uh, I think that that is, and of course, you know, marketing also plays a great part of it, like understanding the audience and serving them and helping them. Sometimes it's outside even the product. If you think about a product like Drift, I don't think the the pro like a lot of the success of a company like Drift is because of their superior marketing and the way they they were able to like companies like Drift and and Buffer, they were able to really form a bond and connection with the audience, and that's a lot of what we're trying to do in terms of WordTunes uh, audience, like really understanding their needs, their their challenges with using AI, what's uh, what's keeping them uh, from from incorporating it, where do they want to reach, you know, what are, what are they their pains, uh, and so on. Yeah, you know, it's it is interesting from a marketing perspective that pretty much every B two B SaaS company, if you go to their homepage, it increasingly says AI powered. Because if you're not on the bandwagon, you risk being seen as being left behind. But you make a great point in terms of technology for the sake of technology is great. Everyone's going to have the same tools. Everyone's going to be relying on the same models to power the technology. But when it comes down to it, it's can you meet a need and can you delight someone in terms of how the service works, how they use it, whether it's user-friendly, whether it creates the outcomes that they want. And at the end of the day, I think that's what matters most. When you look at the AI and ChatGPT and generative AI, what are you most excited and optimistic about? And on the flip side, what concerns you? What I'm most excited about is the fact that it's going to really, le the, person, the person who is going to be leveraged the most is the content creator. So I'm excited about the possibilities uh, of content creators to really succeed in their either their personal business or helping other companies. So I think it's a continuation of, of a trend that's already been happening. Just being able to to manage a business is, is so challenging. And we talked about the overwhelm and the fact that there's so much to follow and so many changes. And I think AI is going to mitigate some of these challenges. So you only read what really helps your own business and you only create what your customers need you to create. So, so a lot of potential there 
just in streamlining uh, businesses, especially small businesses where there's a lack of, of, um, of uh, person power. I don't know. And I think the challenge really is spam, just filling the internet with uh, so much content that it's going to be very hard to understand what is real and what is not, what is fake news and what is not. We're already seeing this. Also silos in social media. Uh, think about Cambridge Analytica and all those challenges in terms of politics, in terms of having groups go on, on very segregated routes. Like each, each, uh, each group is very uh, offensive to one another. So with the power of AI, this can uh, potentially become more of a problem just because you can create a lot more content that's a lot more personalized. And I think the remedy for this is really to, to come up, like every, every danger produces a, a, an action from, from, the, from the viewers and the, the consumers who, who want to still consume content. So I think a way of thinking how to reform this connection, this personal connection that's not generated by AI with the audience is sort of the an answer to that. So communities and 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 the real real connection to the user that's the solution. We have covered a lot of ground in the last 35 minutes. I have put you on the spot in many ways because what's over the horizon is a mystery to many of us as much as we can predict what may happen or want to envision what we would like to see happen. AI is such a volatile and evolving landscape that we're all trying to figure out as we go. One final question is where can people learn more about you and Wordtune and AI21? Yes. Uh, so I'm usually writing on LinkedIn. So Ben Pines, you can search for me. Uh, Wordtune, you can follow the Wordtune blog, blog uh, wordtune.com slash blog, and also on all the social media uh, platform and YouTube. Well, thanks, Ben, for great insight. And thanks to everyone for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, rate it and subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app and share via social media. If you're a B2B SaaS company looking for more sales and leads, but struggling to do marketing that makes an impact, we should talk. I use a three-part methodology to diagnose, improve, and optimize your marketing strategically and tactically. Reach out to me via email, mark at markevans.ca, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon.